Your head of school, Sean Minks here, excited for the launch of this podcast, Leading Lancerville. By virtue of my title, one may presume that a podcast about leadership at Cambridge Christian School would be all about me. I can assure you that is not the case. That approach would be both unwise and largely uninteresting. Rather, I look forward to inviting many guests in the months and maybe years ahead to come and speak about what goes on behind the gates at CCS and why it matters. Lancerville is blessed by leaders in various roles within the Lancer family, ranging from administration, faculty and staff, parents, students, school board, alumni, the local church, and those in the community. We all have a hand in training up the next generation to stand for biblical truth, and we endeavor to do that together. Today's guest is on the front lines of the battle for the hearts of our students. Scott Moore is our Bible department head in the upper school. He also serves in numerous other capacities that directly develop student leaders. God is using him in powerful ways to equip our students for life beyond high school. Stick around for what promises to be an insightful conversation. Cambridge Christian School is an independent, private Christian school in Tampa, Florida for students one-year-old through 12th grade that partners with families and the local church to provide a kingdom education, thereby preparing students for college and life. Scott, it is great to have you here. Very thankful that you and your family joined the Lancer family here a couple of years ago. And I want to thank you personally for agreeing to be agreeing to be the guinea pig on our inaugural podcast. Joy to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Well, before we jump into all things Cambridge, Scott, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your family. You know, what what chased you out of California to join the Lancer ranks and what keeps you around? Four-part question. Yes. So uh, I actually grew up in Guinea, West Africa. My parents were missionaries, actually both sets of my Parents, both sets of my grandparents were missionaries in West Africa, and I uh, grew up over there, went to a French school, uh, came back to the States for my junior year, and then moved out to California for my senior year, where I attended a uh, Christian school there. Uh, ended up meeting my wife after I graduated there, was heavily involved at the church that we attended and the school as well, and um, met my wife, and uh, we served at that school and church for and about 15 years, we have uh, nice. my wife, Christy, yep, and then we have three little kids, Malachi, Elijah, and Sadie, and uh, just honestly, over the years, felt like God was kind of challenging us to why we were still where we were. Um, he had definitely grown us. We had really been plugged in. My parents left and went back to Africa. Um, mm. We had some some mentors who had really uh, taken us under their wing and and guided us, encouraged us, and uh, we were heavily involved in ministry, hmm. but just really came to a place of kind of, Lord, we felt like we had done what he had asked us to do there, um, and just really felt like we didn't want to raise our kids there, and we felt like God was saying, I have something else for you. I want you to, to trust me and to take a leap, and we were kind of like, well, what, what does this leap mean, you know, hmm. so really prayed about it and had felt really at peace to sell our home. And so we were like, well, Lord, where, <laughs> where do you want us to go? Hmm. And it was kind of a scary thing just because um, we weren't fully sure. And usually we would not 
you know, just jump without having a destination right. line, lined up. Right. Um, but really we had prayed about it and had four or five states that we were like, well, we're going to leave <laughs> and we're going to trust that God's going to reveal to us where we're going to stay. So we literally were driving from the West coast to the East coast and, uh, prayed through several states, stayed a couple of days in a couple of different states, just asking God to direct where he wanted us. We've both very much have had a heart for ministry. Um, mm -hmm. we taught for a long time and just have a desire to, to tell young people as well as just to preach the gospel and to, to, to share the love of Jesus with those that were around. Mm -hmm. And so we had decided at the end of the day, well, we had some friends that were moving out here to Tampa. And mm -hmm. so we were like, well, we're going to go to Tampa and we'll stay there for a little while and see what God does. Um, but really didn't have much lined up when we left. Okay. Kind of one of those Abraham <laughs> go that way, you know? <laughs> right. And so, um, so we got here and um, I mean, you know, we, we, found an Airbnb in a, a beautiful place called Ebor. Did not know where that was. <laughs> <laughs> so we stayed there for a month. Um, had a couple homeless people sleep on our porch. Our oh kids were trying gosh. to bring some food to them. Beautiful Ebor. My yeah. wife was like, what are we doing? <laughs> wow. And uh, we, so we had to find a place to live. And honestly, God, God opened a door. We had committed to, to putting our kids at Cambridge for a year. And um, we're like, Lord... We're just going to keep seeking you. Um, mm. and, and as we just kept praying, you know, God ended up opening doors. My, my wife was offered a, a position um, at the school about halfway through the year, which she took. Um, I had started a different job in sales, but really felt like mm. it was not what I really wanted to do. And so I uh, decided, well, hey, I would rather spend some time with my wife and, and my kids and getting to be around students that are going to want to hear the, the word of, of the Lord. And uh, so I, <laughs> I subbed for about a week at Cambridge and yeah. a position opened up for Bible, which oh is exactly what I was looking for. So amazing. And subbing for a week didn't chase you away. No, no. <laughs> okay. Good, good. That's good. Because at some schools <laughs> where I've visited, I think that might be the case. So of course we know the friends very well that you're referring to, I believe Ed and Christy Jones yes. and, Ed at the time had come ahead of you to be our director of development. As much as I know about you, I did not realize that you guys came to town without anything lined up. Yes. I didn't know you were here that far in advance. I, th I probably should know that, but I didn't remember that. That's amazing. Yeah, we arrived in July, and um, my wife took the job in, at the end of December. So right. Kind of crazy. But again, what a journey for us in just seeing how God provides yeah. Like I remember talking with my folks when we were leaving. They were just so excited. They're like, you know, most people allow fear to hold us back hmm. from taking a leap of faith. And we really had prayed about it and just really felt at peace about going, hmm. even though we weren't fully sure where we were going to go. Kind of questioned that in Ebor. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, well, but yeah, as I we look understand. back now, it's just really been clear that God's hand has, has been on us. So. Awesome. Uh, will you mind moving that mic just a little bit closer to you? Yeah. 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 Well, it's, uh, it's giving you a little bit of a test there, but I just want to make sure we hear all that awesome stuff. So other than teaching Bible, we're looking at Cambridge. What, in what other roles do you serve at Cambridge? I know there are, there's a list. Yes. So um, this year I have become the, the new Bible department head mm -hmm. uh, where I partner with a team of teachers 
who are passionate about sharing the gospel with their students. Um, I'm also the upper school chapel coordinator, so I work with um, just lining up all of the speakers, connecting with other churches. I really am trying to connect with where our students attend church and get youth mm. pastors to come and to speak and to share to ultimately help our students who are not plugged in to a church to get connected to a church. Amen. And then uh, also I'm working with our chapel worship team. Um, my wife and I had served in, in worship for a long time at our past, previous church and school. And so trying to help raise up students to lead worship at chapel as well as in their church, trying again to connect them um, with their church and with uh, whether their, their youth groups have worship as well. Um, and then also uh, I get to serve with a wonderful team of six staff and leading our ambassadors program, which is something that we're really passionate about. Um, just we have a, a good amount of students who really are passionate about the Lord, who really do want mm. to lead on campus, you know, because as you know, our school has a, a variety of students, some who, who know the Lord, some who don't, some who know a lot about the Lord, but maybe don't have a real personal relationship. Mm. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been great to just get to partner with other teachers who are volunteering their time as well to help equip our students to be able to engage their friends in meaningful conversations hmm. and to be intentional about praying for their friends and inviting their friends to church and uh, just really trying to, to make it real. And so, hmm. and then I'm also uh, the senior class sponsor. Uh, so just a few, few, few things have been added to my list this year, but I honestly, I do love a lot of what I do. It's wonderful. Well, that's incredible. And I feel like we needed uh, an applause button after each one of those individual things. Uh, Marty, would you hit the applause button for all of them just in general? <laughs> no. The wrong one. <laughs> See, this was uh, the, there we go. This there the, we the go. first thing I've asked Marty to do. Well. And I think, I think that would, that sets it up perfectly for an introduction <laughs> of, uh, of Marty Premer. Uh, Marty, of course, is our director of uh, marketing and communications at Cambridge, but for the purposes of our podcast, uh, for some time now, she has begged and pleaded uh, to come along oh, for the ride and, and, and be, I think we've called, her title here is Sidekick. Nope. So well, it's, that uh, would be it's your good title. To, good to have her. I think co-host is what is more likely that it is. Well, I think. Co-host has evidence, a nice ring to it. Has evidence by pushing the wrong button. Has a great uh, ring to well, it. Well, maybe it's time to get back to the podcast. <laughs> It's good to have Marty on board, and she'll uh, she'll bring some levity and uh, push the buttons when appropriate. There it is, nice. right on nice cue. Nice job, Marty. And with that, we'll be back to Scott. Scott, what has God done in your life to prepare you to specifically? I mean, you just alluded to this a little bit, but to connect with teenagers in an impactful way. Great question. Um, honestly. I would say from, from an early age, I've had a, a desire to serve the Lord. And in my teenage years, definitely went through a season where I was confused, even though I had been brought up as a pastor's kid, a missionary kid. I went through a, a, a season of just kind of questioning what I believed and trying to figure out what did I believe. And was truly blessed to have some mentors in my life and just some friends that honestly God brought through different seasons to really challenge me and to help me um, really grow in taking personal responsibility for, 
for what I believe. And I think, I think through that, honestly, God has, has given me a heart for young people and challenging them on why they believe what they believe. Mm. And so for me, it's, it's very important to build relationships. I'm a very relational person because that's really where it starts. And so, um, God is relational. So it's a big deal. And so, and, and being a, having been a youth pastor for a while also just really has been something that I have loved getting to just spend time. And I found that the students who grew the most were the students who, you know, would come over after youth and who would hang out and we'd be able to pour into and just talk them through life and through the challenges. I mean, it takes time, but I feel Mm. like that's how God is with us. You know, he's patient with us. He hears us. He listens. And the people, I mean, he really has brought people in my life who have really helped coach me. And, um, and I just have felt like a lot of the things that the Lord has walked me through are, are things that so many of our students walk through. Mm-hmm. And if I can share some of what he has done in my life, um, you know, it just, again, just is something that I know he uses. If we're willing to share, each of us have a powerful story. And the question yeah. is, are we using those stories of what he has done in our life to, you know, spur others on and encourage young people to go after that? And, and you certainly are. And your passion for connecting with kids, you wear it on your sleeve. It's not something, I mean, so you, what I watch in you is you don't do it for display either. It's, it's very genuine, but it's like your heartbeat. It's, and, and so many kids, that's not the thing. It's what they're looking for, right? They just want someone who genuinely and authentically cares about them. And you're better at that than hmm, I'm trying to think of anyone over the years, all my 30 plus years in Christian schools that I've seen someone do that at the level you do. And I don't know if I've seen another. And so um, it's pretty awesome that you've used your own life experience, your own spiritual life experience, how God worked in your heart and life and using others to minister you that way. And now you've turned that around and very actively doing the same in the lives of, of the students at our school. It's pretty awesome. Thank you. <laughs> sure, thank I'm you. humbled by those words. So you've alluded a couple times to, uh, you're, you're, you're providing me perfect segues to the next question on each of these, by the way. You've alluded uh, several times to uh, that, that there have been specific people that God used in your life to draw you to himself. Um, if you wouldn't mind sharing, who, who are those people? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, good question. You want me to be specific, like specific names? Well, you, just even I have names aren't necessarily as important, maybe as just kind of what yeah. roles they played in your yeah. life. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, um, my parents have really been integral people. Hmm. Uh, just watching them trust the Lord as they left their kids to go back to West Africa, very mm. dangerous place. Um, watching God provide for them, watching them consistently take their burdens, their troubles, what things that they know God is leading them to do and watching them actually live out their faith and having a confidence that God will provide, that God will take care. They, they have been a huge part. Um, mm. You know, like I said earlier, I mean, God, brought in several mentors and pastor friends who have spoken in my life, who have really invested time in a relationship, who've been a a safe place for, for me, you know, during different seasons and different trials in life, 
you know, and I think that's so important for us to have because we all go through different, yeah, yeah <laughs> different trials. And, and, right. and I think that the lie that we hear is, you know, we can handle it on our own, but yet God intends for us to be in relationship and intends for us to, you know, to sharpen one another and to encourage one another. And so, um, like I said, youth pastors. Um, I think especially with men, I mean, it, it's, it, it can be, can feel it's a, a sign of weakness sure. to have to rely on other people or look, look to them for guidance. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. I'm thinking about our Bible department at Cambridge and we have, uh, really kind of a, a diversity of personalities and church backgrounds, even within the Bible teachers, and really you could go, I mean, you go to lower school. I mean, everyone teaches their own Bible classes, so that even expands the diversity more. But looking just at the upper school, we have unique personalities, unique church backgrounds. How does that plethora of stuff affect our kids at the school? Yes, great question. I, I actually really love it because we have so many students who come from different backgrounds. Mm. and mm -hmm. different beliefs. And by having different teachers who ultimately we agree on the most fundamental things, being able to each be unique in our style and um, even in personalities, you know, uh, different students are, are drawn to different teachers. Mm. And, and having teachers who genuinely care about their students, I mean, it's, it's, it's so encouraging seeing students come up during lunch or after school and just want to connect and want to seek counsel from their Bible teachers. Yeah. And so I love that we have, you know, just that, just the differences that we do from, from our department. Cause we also are demonstrating, I think unity, you mm -hmm. know, oftentimes it's, it's disappointing how divided the church can be in our country today. And yet I believe God wants us to, to be, you know, united. I believe God really wants us to focus more on the most important things and on, on the things that draw us together instead of all of the, the small things that I think a lot of times are what we focus on. Of course. That's very true. They end up dividing. Yeah. I just wanted to mention, because you said um, how we have such a diverse group of people, of students coming in and different families from different backgrounds. That's really important to note because a lot of people, when they think of Cambridge, they think of a Christian school, which we are, but we're also an outreach school. Right. And so it's really important how you, I think, handle all these different backgrounds with grace and with love and, and all that. So I just think it's important just to recognize that God has everybody in a different journey. And sometimes we have kids at all different places when they get here. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we have some students who are Orthodox, who are Catholic, who are Protestant, atheist, um, several different backgrounds yeah. and and the truth is is you know god sees each person unique and he mm -hmm. loves each person and we can't treat each student the exact same way right. you, they, we all communicate differently we're all mm -hmm. we've all had different life experiences mm -hmm. and so really just trying to meet them where they are and providing a safe environment for them to be able to ask real questions and really listen you know i think i think sometimes that's where christian schools can have a bad rep is Oftentimes, I think we want to just tell people what they need to do and how to live. Mm. Ooh, and true. no one likes being told <laughs> what yeah. they have to do. You know, like even Jesus, I think, was so patient. Like he, he met people where they were 
he would speak truth, but the relational piece was there. He loved people first. And yeah. I think what an opportunity we have to be able to do that. I love that because I, the whole, this whole idea of <clears throat> just telling kids what to do as mm -hmm. if the, the doing is the most important part as opposed to the being. And I'll never forget uh, at, at one of my former schools in a chapel environment, an upper school chapel environment. I, I don't know if I've shared this with you before, Scott, but um, there were a couple of students not participating in the worship. Um, they're just kind of sitting on their hands. And, and we, there was a teacher there who became infuriated by that and approached them and kind of read them the riot act that they need to be participating. And I, then I was furious. <laughs> it, it, it transferred over to me because I wasn't furious at the kids. I was furious at the teacher mm -hmm. um, because essentially she walked over to them and said, pretend you're somebody you're not. Yeah. You need to put on an act while you're in here during worship. And I demand that you worship the God that you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I don't know for sure that they didn't know the Lord, but I, you know, only God knows hearts, but certainly we hadn't seen any fruit or any evidence of that. But to demand that they put on a facade to me seems like a complete opposite thing of what we should be doing. It is so far removed from the gospel and from truth that, um, I'm just I'm I'm thankful that our department head is so in touch with that reality and the importance of of authentic relationships and authentic faith. Well, that answered about my next three questions. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. That really did. That uh, well, not what I said, what you said. Sure. <laughs> well, so most every Christian school has, of course, Bible class and chapel, and we are no exception. Um, a lot of Christian schools, though, that I've been aware of over the years seem to isolate the teaching of God's Word. Uh, it's just to those two activities. So at Cambridge, as you know, we our goal really, and a lot of schools say this, and there are times and moments where I feel like we're saying it more than we're doing it. And I want us to get to the place where it's where we can truly describe ourselves as excellent in this in this arena, and that arena is, integrating biblical truth into everything we do from athletics to the arts to math to Spanish and so on. So from your perspective as Bible department head, why does it matter? Why is it important for us to do that? You know, the, acad the, the academic folks, the strictly academic folks would say, wait a minute, we've got standardized tests to prepare these kids for, we've got graduation, we've got college. These are the paramount pieces they are important, right? But how can anyone expect us to be intentionally taking all this planning time and executing integration of biblical truth uh, in a biblical worldview? How can we find time to do that? So my question to you is, why do we need to find time to do it? Why is it important? Great question. Um, honestly, I think the tendency is, if we're not careful, is that we want to put we end up putting God in a box and then we have these other boxes that we don't include God in. And so if we, if we're not including God in our everything that we're covering, I think we're literally helping our students view that God doesn't care about our academics, doesn't mm -hmm. care about these other disciplines that we're working on when God should be involved in everything, you know? And I think for, for part of this truly, I believe is, 
you know, the most important part is us as teachers need to be constantly pursuing a real relationship with Christ because mm. that's how it's naturally mm. going to come out and how yeah. we speak. Mm-hmm. And if I love the Lord, but I'm teaching all day and I'm never bringing him up, <laughs> like I, I feel convicted, you know, it's something that it should be so passionate and real in me that it comes out in, in the way I teach and the way I talk and the way I treat my students. And it does require you, you know, to study and to really look at how am I going to include God in this algebra lesson? You know, that can definitely be a challenge, Mm. but I believe, you know, there are ways and it's something that I think we're constantly, even as teachers growing in, even for our students, like we can't expect all of our students to have a biblical worldview by the end of high school. Like it is something (laughs) that you're going to continue to grow in. Yeah probably your entire life, right? you know, but am I seeing everything in life in light of what, what God says mm-hmm. is what I know about his word and what he says, does it impact everything that I do? And I think we need, we need to be intentional about that. We really do need to strive to, you know, to include him, not just we're putting a Bible verse to this lesson, mm-hmm. but, you know, being willing to dive in and, and really, the best word to say, but, but really just diving in and, and looking at how can we honor God in mm. every lesson that we're teaching. Right. It's a, it's a struggle for Christ followers of all ages, right? Like you say, it's a, it, it's, it, it goes on our whole lives because we are naturally inclined to separate. Over here's the sacred stuff, over here's the secular stuff, and there's going to be a divide there. I remember um, I teach a I do a little parenting seminar for parents that choose to attend every spring mm-hmm. on, on kingdom parenting. And I always go through an exercise. So if anyone listens to this at podcast and they're going to hear the answer, so they'll be ready mm-hmm. when they come next spring. But I do the exercise of, I give them a list of items ranging from finances to marriage, to parenting, to education, which bucket do these things belong in? Right. And as human beings, as fallen human beings, our natural inclination is to go, well, you know, church, obviously all that goes over here in the, in the sacred, and there's some other obvious ones. And then some of the other ones, probably finances, well, I know I'm supposed to maybe give when I go to church, but, you know, that's probably primarily the other side. It's secular, and they just live in this great divide. And to your point, of course, everything is in a sacred bucket because it, it's all God's. Yeah, and right. for, for us to just continue maturing as Christ followers and get to a place where we're somehow living that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you to have an expectation that, that people will have that mastered by 12th grade, I think is unfair. Sure. Um, but we love to see the growth and we, and we certainly do uh, see the growth. And to that point, and we'll wrap up here in just a couple of minutes, but to that point, uh, what do you see or how do you see God moving specifically at Cambridge this year? Yeah, I would tell you, I already have seen just a fresh hunger in the lives of our students. Uh, We have a Mm. lot of students this year who I have really seen step up. I know God has been moving in a lot of different youth groups as well, Mm -hmm. but there is a desire for revival. They want to see their friends come to know the Lord. They want to see their friends grow and really have a true authentic love for Jesus. And so, you know, I I am seeing that happen this year. I really am am just praying that 
as we continue to grow, like right now we have three to four Bible studies that meet every week mm-hmm. and are predominantly led by students. Most of the time they're ambassadors who are leading them, mm. but many students are coming because they see that God is working in the lives of their friends and they want it to be real. You know, we don't want people to come just because they're, they're supposed to, but we want people to come because they really want to experience a closer walk with the Lord. And, mm. and I'm seeing that I'm seeing that that is something that is happening. And, uh, we're just praying. There's a lot of students I know that are praying. There's a lot of teachers that are praying. We want to see more unity across the board. Cause as, as you know, we have so many different churches that oh, are yeah. represented. Um, and so just, I believe as we are humbling and seeking God and, and being repentant and, and truly asking him to show up and to reveal and to fill us with his Holy spirit, he will meet us there. And, mm. and it's exciting seeing what's happening. You know, you've been in chapel this year. Yeah. There are just way more students who are engaged in, yeah. in worship and who are, you know, um, I believe who are hungry. And so just, just praying for more really. Well, and, and you know, that, that's the Holy spirit moving and, but the Holy spirit to, uh, you know, if we're honest here, which we are, mm. uh, <laughs> the Holy spirit has been moving, uh, at least in part because of your leadership and through you and your leadership on that stage and your work with our kids, I think beginning with really helping them gain an understanding of what worship really is and, and why God is worthy of our worship. And you're doing that not only for the team that you're up there leading with, but you're demonstrating it for our student body. And, and so you're not here looking for credit and I don't even really want to give you credit for that, but I want to, <laughs> but I want to, because I, I really believe no matter how great the worship leader or leaders are, it's all the Holy Spirit when, when that yes. kind of stuff happens. So nonetheless, appreciate your, your leadership up there for sure. So last question for today, what, uh, you know, still talking about our students, what would be your prayer for our students as they graduate from our school? My biggest prayer would honestly be, I want each of the students to have really seen the love of Jesus and really to to really have, have have experienced something that they just know in their heart that God has said to them. And mm. honestly, my, my desire too is that each of them are really plugged in at church. Mm. Cambridge is a phenomenal place to be, but after Cambridge, if you are not plugged in somewhere, you know, my heart breaks for so many students, the statistics, show that so many students who are not plugged in oh, who yeah. go to college fall away. Awful, yeah. And we need to have that. And if you're not plugged in to a church, unless you're seriously grounded or you have family or some friends that you surround yourself with who are really helping you be intentional, it's yeah. just, it's very easy to just fill up your time and to not have time with the Lord. And, and as I was telling several of my students that are seniors, is like, you're so used to hearing chapel every week you're used to, to to being in bible class multiple times every week and and you hear these opportunities of what god is challenging you and saying to you and in seven eight months mm-hmm. you're not going to have as many of those opportunities mm-hmm. if you're not intentional and so my prayer is just really that that our students really are plugged in to a church my, my prayer is also that each one of them you know have really come to realize personally there is enough evidence to show that Jesus mm. is who he said he was mm. 
and that he is worth living for and and we need to surrender to him so that's really my prayer amen that's so uh, that's so tongue and groove with with kingdom education how as we've talked about we have a really diverse group of students in every way but certainly spiritually and we have to partner with parents and we have to partner with the local church and a lot of people will go well you know parents is the most important piece and if the church happens or not that'll it'll it'll be fine but no the local church it's kind of like when people evangelize uh go to door to door or even go on a mission trip i can go overseas on a mission trip and i've done that and have witnessed to people on the streets when doing that, and people have prayed to receive Christ, and it's been awesome. And then I come back to America, and they go back to their house, yep. and that's why I was really, the one trip I went on, there was an intentional strategy to connect them with the local Church, churches, yeah. and the churches were present there, yep. and that was entirely different. Yep. Um, it's not that God can't move without that, but the follow-up that that brings and the support that brings is so integral, so... I'm thankful you're so in touch with that as our kids graduate. That's not even part of the answer I was expecting, but that is maybe maybe the most important part. So. Well, and I would just challenge to parents, like God entrusted your kids to you. Mm-hmm. And, and really even as parents, just to be intentional as well. You know, like since I've had kids, it's very humbling, <laughs> mm. you know, but they're constantly watching. And if, if I'm telling them, but I'm not living it out, they see that. Yeah. And so even as parents, you know, it's so important that we are plugged in as well. Because if we true. make excuses, our kids are going to make excuses. My, yeah. my kids call me out already sometimes. I hate that. Know? hate that. They're and always so, watching. Yeah. And yeah. there's so much noise <laughs> also that, there's I mean, so I'm so, the, the, just the phone alone is such a mm. distraction. And um, when you mention relationships, I mean, of course, that's our marketing. We, you know, we love that we're all about relationships, but... It's so true because everything today is about disconnecting. It's true. You're all digital and you're just, the relationships are really lacking. So I just Mm -hmm. love that that's your priority Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. because it shows, it really does. It makes a difference in their lives. For sure. Well, Scott, I uh, am very grateful for you being, as I said, the guinea pig on this inaugural podcast. Who knows? Maybe it'll be our only one ever. Hey. <laughs> one and done. <laughs> well, if that is the case, it certainly won't be your fault. It's okay. We'll, we'll figure out a way I to mess take it, it up. No, you've, you've done a fantastic job. That's great. And made it very easy on me and on us. So thank you for doing that and, and for being so well prepared and for everything you deliver on our campus every day. Thank you. I really am I'm grateful for what God is doing. We have a, a great group of teachers who really do love the Lord, and it mm-hmm. shows in the way that they interact, you know, and our administration is wonderful. So thank you for letting me be part of the family and excited awesome. to see what God continues to do at Cambridge. Little plug for the administration at the <laughs> end. True. Right? I love true. that. We'll, we'll have a part two based on that alone. Right. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Scott. Thank have a great you, night. Scott. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. The vision at Cambridge Christian School is to develop students into fearless defenders of the faith in partnership with their parents and the Bible-believing church community so that generations will know and serve God and recognize the truth and authority of the Bible. Goal Answers, 